0: The old term, ignorance is bliss, is true, but it really only applies to the person who's ignorant.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's okay. Because <laughs> there's, not,
0: <laughs> there's not some, nothing blissful about somebody else's ignorance. I mean, well, can we just say that? No. Yeah, really? there isn't,
1: but it's your bliss to be ignorant about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> some people have taken this as, um, it, it's better not to know. Or it's like, I didn't know. But really, sometimes it's the exercise of you wanting to perpetuate your own ignorance. So today we're going to talk about blissful ignorance. Today on Curiosity Continuum.
1: Hey everybody, this is Josh and this is Brian. Thank you for joining us today on Curiosity Continuum. For those of you tuning in for the first time, Curiosity Continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends who want to spark your curiosity, help you integrate that information, and enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world. We're going to do this by sharing conversations with you that examine, explore, and reframe common practical topics.
0: So if you want to receive updates when new content's available, please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you receive notifications when there's something new to listen to. And that actually helps us uh, find other listeners because people see like, hey, so-and-so is listening to this. And uh, we hope you would share it in an analog way and also in a digital way through podcast uh, subscribing. So we appreciate you guys and gals. So please join us uh, as we continue on and share your own curiosities with us.
1: As always, you guys can find us on curiositycontinuum.com. From there, you can link out to all of our socials. And we thrive on your feedback. And we hope to start a conversation with all
0: of you soon. So today I said blissful ignorance. That's
1: what you said. Yep.
0: I did say it. And as much as we... Let's even say that you don't like ignorance. You definitely don't like to be called ignorant. Ignorant doesn't always mean that you're willfully that way. Right,
1: It's more of a naivete type thing.
0: And I think it's important, especially as adults and in a very well-connected world that we live in, that we recognize those places and address them head on. There's a lot of things that have come especially to light even more now in the age of where people have a phone, they can film something. They can film social injustice. They can film... Uh, you know horrendous things that are happening some people might say wow like i didn't realize that this is on the rise when really it's always been there the entire time but you're just being made aware of it now in a way that you maybe wouldn't have expected right and it's actually hitting you in a place where you wouldn't have thought that it was there in the first place
1: yeah and i mean i think we could kind of like You know, the kids today would say you are woke or whatever, you know, the whole woke topic, which is kind of I don't really, you know, subscribe to that too much. But what I do subscribe to is this idea that you might not have known something was happening and and you're just going about your day happy and carefree. And when you actually do figure out that it's been happening all along or something has been. It changes your worldview, in, in, in fact. Right, Brian? It does. So, and it doesn't have to be let, serious let, either. It can be something stupid <laughs> that you just it can be something never stupid. knew that was happening.
0: <laughs> right. I think the thing that happens with people when there's terms that come up is that there's the original intent, and then there's people that would try to take it and make it something that is just for themselves. Right. It, it shows kind of like the, the self-centeredness of people to be able to take something and then say, well, then this really means this. Oh, look, I really think about some of the uh, church nominations in America. Now, I had a really interesting class in school, in college, that is. And the professor was, he said, like, he really subscribed to Native American spiritism as far as his, like, his spiritual belief system and his worldview, right? And But he was giving as part of the thing, because obviously the Christian church said such an impact on American culture in a lot of ways— that he showed the progression of how the denominations in this country came to be. It was really interesting to hear him account for those different kinds of things because you began to understand that sometimes the group that was moving on was only named something by the group that stayed behind. You know? Uh, Martin Luther is a great example in in the Christian tradition, where uh, he posted his 95 theses on the door of the Catholic Church, and he had no intention of trying to like break up the Catholic Church. The history goes, though, that the Catholics said, well, those Lutherans are doing this, that, the other thing. Now, that was never Martin Luther's intent. He just wanted some reform within the existing structure of the Catholic Church, but it was the people who wanted to hang on to those things to say, well, those Lutherans, and we kind of see that Uh, kind of progress along for other reasons as far as like when you see Anglicans and Methodists and Baptists and things like that. But let's take that example and let's apply it to greater culture is that sometimes you are faced with something that is hits your ignorance face on. And you could either dismiss it, you could either try to characterize it as something so you could more easily dismiss it, or you could actually sit there and chew on it. And really, everything that Josh and I talk about is that even if you don't fully see it or agree on it, like give it a good chance to chew on it because you'll probably learn something. And you'd be probably really surprised about how some of those things would impact your life.
1: You know, and I, I kind of was talking about Brian, to Brian about a story, and this is kind of a funny story, but it's kind of true in a way. I always said to you, like, remember when you were younger? And like you didn't realize, you know, where the food came from or how you got your house you lived in or anything like that. And you were just happy and you were just like, I'm a little kid. I'm happy, blah, blah, blah. But you always wanted to be older and you always wanted to do stuff and you always wanted to go to work and you always wanted to do everything. And then you (laughs) got to be older and you realize, you know what? It's not as great as I thought it was going to be. And that's kind of like how this is, you know? Also, it's. I think it's not just the blissful ignorance of something, but it's also realizing that when you are ignorant of something or not aware, I should say, ignorant is kind of a, a term that people throw around a lot, which doesn't always work, you know, for what they're talking about. But when you're not aware of something, that's like a gift too, Brian, <laughs> like not to be aware of something and it doesn't have to be a serious thing, but just a simple thing. That that's so something like like a child, for example. I always tell oh, yeah. kids, you know, yeah. hey, you're you're only a kid once. Don't worry about that now. <laughs> you know, yeah. Worry about it later. There's a lot of things to worry about later.
0: There's there's things that um will meet you when you're especially in your cognitive development as a child, where you shouldn't process it at that time. If you have the option to do it, both Josh and I are very aware there there are. Some situations, especially like my wife is actually uh, uh, an advocate for CASA, which is a court appointed, you know, special advocate for children. And so there are situations that especially children are presented with, which no child should ever have to deal with. Right. And so there are things that you have to work them through, but that's considered a trauma. It's not considered, well, hey, guess what? Now you're of age to deal with this. Like you're good. Right. There's something that's come to them that they didn't ask for that they are now made aware of, that they have to learn to deal with. If we can be very honest for as, as quote, normal as we would like to appear to everybody, <laughs> there's no such thing. And we, we deal with things very differently. Um, you know, this is a, an audio podcast, so and if you've never haunted our social media, first of all, shame on you. You should be haunting our social media oh. and engaging with us. <laughs> you know, so l- l- Josh and I both grew up in central Minnesota. And so uh, I was one of the few like non-Caucasian people in the school. Like I was adopted from South Korea. My parents are uh, Ukrainian, Polish, and English-Swedish. I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> even though, like, you know, like my parents look nothing alike. Although my mom sometimes, in certain interactions, said like, "Oh, your son looks so much like you." Now I'm from South Korea, and I had to ask mom like directly after like, "Have they smoked reefer lately?" <laughs> because I I don't know how they think we even look remotely alike. You know, it's a whole another topic for another day but for josh and i to be you know be friends like we josh and i became friends because it was like we're friends right you know and we became that because people are people also too i'm I'm grateful for a friend that uh especially in growing up where uh not everybody obviously but there are those who would try to target people who are different and i was grateful for friends who loved me for who i was and also would would take up for me when those things happen. You know, when ignorance becomes weaponized, it's a it's a terrible tragic thing. And for me to be able to have a, a group of of especially friends who were like a safe place for me, I didn't realize exactly how valuable that was even then until like my adult life. When you realize like, wow, this could have gone very differently for me just based on how I looked. And my friends never never um Said, well, we're going to be friends with Brian because he is Korean, or we do not, know, because <laughs> right. you know, he's good or at like he knows how
1: to figure out a tip. <laughs> <You know>?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although I'll tell you what, because I usually was the smallest guy in, musk uh, all the Scandinavians and Germans and folks like that. I usually got the middle seat in the car when we were all high schoolers driving around. And so
1: <laughs> That's the ultimate the ultimate cowboy. You don't have to uh, drive, and you don't have to open the gate. You sit in the the middle. You always sit there. there. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Those, those, Those places, though, I appreciate even more because Josh and I have been friends. We've known each other since the third grade, and we've said this before. But those things really become meaningful to somebody, especially as you go through your adult life and you navigate different personal, professional situations, stuff like that. You really go like, man, I really appreciate that. Some of those things too, it's like, you know, as as, uh, Josh and I have gone along and we've shared things with one another, like, man, I never knew that that was the case with you or that. I mean, that's just good friends sharing what good friends share. And it's good because there's there's an open dialogue where you can kind of learn from one another. And that's something that Josh and I talk about often is how we learn from one another, even in friendship and, and every other situation. Like if you have an attitude of being open and learning, like you'll become a better person in that situation.
1: Yeah. And I think um, like where Brian is kind of like talking, you know, it's a personal thing for him that he's gone through. And maybe we didn't even realize it when we were growing up because we didn't because we were kids. You know, we just didn't realize all that stuff. But hearing that kind of stuff now is pretty powerful. And so I think that in our world, especially, it just seems more polarized than ever. You know, why can't people just be people sometimes?
0: Right. And you wish they could be for sure. We live in a world of colliding worldviews and, and, uh, you know, uh, moral judgments that we make that we feel like we should apply on everybody else. What happens often is that people, people will try to solve it for a way that they would like to view the world. Right? Right. And that's not always the case. And that all of a sudden begins to feel unsafe to us. Although there's a very safe way that you can start to engage in the conversation with that type of thing. People that are different than us. Different isn't bad. Different is different. And there's something we can always learn from it because we're all human beings at the end of the day, regardless of what you believe and regardless of what your particular worldview is, we can listen to one another. Like we all have two ears and one mouth and the old adage of like, well, if that's the case, you should listen more than you talk. But it's really true. I had a client actually that asked me a really, uh, I didn't realize how meaningful the question was until he asked me the question. Sure. Uh, we were at lunch. We were talking about some of the things. Uh, this was a, an engagement I was on at the particular time. You know, he had adopted a child, and I was like, "This is really cool," and told me the story about it. And he looked at me with all honest honesty and sincerity, and so it kind of became a very personal conversation very quickly. You can very, you know, you can spend a whole time riffing on business stuff very easily if you've done those things. And he said, "What should I know as uh, a white man who's adopted a child who doesn't look like me?" Like, because that was your situation, Brian. He said, what, what's the wisdom that you can share with me? And it actually took me aback that he asked the question. I was very appreciative of it. And I had to stop and think and go, that's actually a really good question. Let me think about it. The wisdom that came out kind of from the, uh, the era that I was adopted. So I was adopted in the eighties and it came from South Korea. And A lot of the, the agencies that were in Minnesota, Michigan, Massachusetts and things Uh, the Lutheran Church was largely involved with helping bring South Korean children who were up for adoption over to the States. And um, the wisdom then was that, obviously, like you love them as who they are, because they're a person and they're part of your family. And I I 100% felt that love from my, my parents. They are wonderful people. There was a piece of it, though, where that's not how the rest of the world viewed me. And I learned that as I kind of came into school. And I found people that they viewed me just as Brian. They didn't care what I looked like. They didn't care that uh, that was a particular way. It's like, hey, I think you're cool, and we like the same things. Let's hang out. <laughs> right. <laughs> and those people I really loved. And sometimes the, the mean voices are the bigger ones in your your heart and mind when you hear that at that age with it. Uh, and there definitely were those voices there to understand the differences and say like, hey, this is this is how people may perceive you, and that's okay. It was actually a conversation that didn't happen with me at the time and i kind of had to wrestle with in my growing up and kind of into my young adult years to go like why don't people perceive me the way that i perceive myself and then you realize that you're met with with a bunch of different assumptions made about people about how they look, about how they may act, about how they dress, about what, you know, how they uh you know, i don't know, they 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 do something they do something different with their weekends or they work nights just or something being like different. that. there's just being different. Yeah. and there's so many different ways where you could easily just as a default mechanism go, I can't understand that person because I don't can't relate. to Or that.
1: it's wrong because it's different.
0: Right. And the goal yeah. is like, I want to understand you. Let me hear you. Right. I'm telling you what, that is so meaningful to people. And I've asked people too like that. I didn't know like there was a, a gentleman that was missing an arm. But like, if you're missing an arm, you kind of like notice that you're missing an arm. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> everybody else. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't I didn't, you know, skirt around it. I just asked him, I said, Hey man, tell me the story about your arm. I would love to know. You know, I said, Hey man, I appreciate the question. And he told me the story about it. And we started the conversation that way. And I was just being honest, like I wasn't trying to ignore the fact that his arm was missing. I just said, Hey man, like tell me about that. Because it's part of their story.
1: Obviously a big part, you know. Yeah. Uh, you could say it's at least a quarter, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll edit that part out. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> <clears throat> i had to say it i just had to do it i had to say it oh <laughs> i couldn't stop Ah. You might have to leave that. You might have to leave that in. (laughs) I don't think so. Well, no, I'll tell you this, though. There was a story about a guy. Yeah. There was a guy that I used to, uh, there was a company that I used to work with that as I was coming, I was uh, transitioning out of the company, not because uh, there was anything bad happening. It was like my personal choice as far as like what I wanted to do with my career. And there was a gentleman that was coming into the office who was kind of fulfilling the role of like an interim chief financial officer. And the guy had one arm, right? And because he had one arm. Yeah, like, exactly. And so, yep. and I think something happened where there was, um, it might have been something like with his heart sure. or something that went wrong and he lost his, he'd lost that particular limb. And he would always like, he had a really good sense of humor <laughs> yeah. about it. And so like sometimes when people are like trying to skirt, like, well, like I'm seeing you and I know that your arm is missing, but I'm not going to say that out loud and like if he had to pick up something he goes hey can you lend me a hand <laughs> <laughs> and he would, and people it would kind of like kind of set the mood differently because <laughs> cuz they knew that he was kind of you know uh good natured about it and again uh he couldn't do anything about it but no he he was not he was not trying to keep people in a place where you have to pretend like this isn't what you're used to he just kind of addressed it head on and it was helpful for because everybody because
1: obviously it's not what you're used to seeing you know, you're know, you not <laughs> yeah. used to, because if, if you were used to seeing one-armed people, you would just assume that that is the deal. You know, like everybody yeah. has one arm. And then you'd
0: be freaking out when you see the two-armed people exactly. walking around, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, exactly. there's two of these things. So Josh, the challenge here, so I want to just affirm you as a friend. I want to say thank you for your friendship for all these years, and uh, knowing that At the core, we're all people. And at the core also, too, we bring different experiences and perceptions into it. Right. Continuing to forge a friendship for all these decades. I mean, it's one of the greatest gifts of my life to have you as a friend. I truly mean that.
1: Well, thank you. And yeah, same, I mean, if I didn't have you as a friend, I'd be a a lot shallower person, I think, because uh, you check me a lot of times (laughs) into like, Josh, that's not right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> or I like I know, but you know, come on, <laughs>
0: come, come on, Josh. Everybody's doing it, yeah. you know. <laughs> no, but I mean, in
1: all seriousness, no. Um, it's I like you, like you even said, like when we were growing up, I don't think we really realized how important of like a friendship we had until we got older, and you realize yeah. that not everybody has friends that they have friends for like thirty years, right? You know, or long, especially you know,
0: and then when you get to a certain age, you can't have the tenure that you do with them. So those things really become even more important in your life. Right. So value the friendships you have and especially value new friendships in places where you may not have ever thought to find one. Uh, Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart are a great example in, in culture like right now, like they never thought they'd be friends and then they met on a movie set and they're great friends now and they never thought they would be because they're so different. But I think that's what makes friendships so beautiful. Do those things and, and let those things rub against you in the good way to kind of ferret out the areas where you may be ignorant because those are the loving situations where you can actually listen and kind of uh, check yourself and become a better person.
1: Yeah, and you can also make a real difference. Um, even if you don't think you're making a difference, you might be making a real difference in someone's life.
0: Absolutely. Let's put a comment in the conversation here. Yeah. So... Until next time, intrepid listeners, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum.